Welcome to the Bible Questions podcast brought to you by BibleQuestions.org and the Holly Street Church of Christ. This podcast is dedicated to answering your Bible questions from the Bible. My name is Jeff, and along with Brian, we are the hosts of this program. Welcome to the Bible Questions podcast and our ongoing series on prayer. Along with me is Jeff. Jeff, are you ready for another podcast to talk about prayer? Absolutely. Let's go for it. All right. And uh, the man that's leading this series is evangelist Alan Hitchin. And Alan, appreciate uh, you putting all this material together. There's a lot of different facets of prayer. And I'm wondering if we can just start by you kind of talking about what you covered in the first three episodes, and then we'll get into tonight's content. Yes, I think that's important. Uh, Essentially, what we are trying to get across in these first three lessons is that our prayers are being heard by God. And we've got to be pleasing to Him, or those prayers are not going to be answered. And so before we begin any prayer, we first of all need to assess our heart to be certain that we're prepared to be heard. Uh, If God hears our prayers based on the condition of our hearts, then it's so important that we make that assessment, as we did in our first uh, podcast, about not just talking to God, but listening to God and being submissive to God and loving God and being devoted. The more submissive and obedient we are, the more powerful our prayers are going to become. And so if we just start with prayer without making sure that we've amplified the loudness of our prayer by our conduct and by our devotion to God, then the prayers themselves may be the most beautiful prayers that we could ever utter. But if our heart's not right, then God is not going to see those prayers the way that we are wanting them to be seen. So we need to manifest in with God our love, our devotion, our appreciation, our thanks, and not just what we want, what we need, what we'd like to have. Well, and as Brian was alluding to, you know, this is our now our fourth uh, podcast, you know, on this particular subject. And I suspect, you know, some of our listeners are, you know, familiar with or anxiously awaiting some of the scriptures that talk about all the wonderful promises, you know, God has made about, you know, blessings and benefits that that can be ours, uh, but only through, you know, proper prayer. So, Alan, would you mind explaining, you know, maybe a little bit more to our listeners why we're spending so much time on this kind of foundation before we, you know, actually get into types of prayers? Yeah, I, I see prayer as being built upon three foundation stones or three pillars. And without those pillars, without that foundation, then our prayers are either going to be barely heard by God or, or not even heard at all. We we saw a passage in our first lesson about the one who turns away his ear from hearing the law, his prayer becomes an abomination. So the last thing we would want to do as God's children is offer a prayer up that disgusts God or angers God. And so the first foundation is we must be listening and in submission to God. Uh, If we are in sin and we are not repenting, if we are angry with God or frustrated with God because something in our life did not go the way that we thought that it should and we can't humble ourselves and accept what our lives are bringing to us, then that prayer is not going to be very powerful. Second, we we spoke about Jesus saying, hallowed be your name. We have to hold God in awe and reverence and, 
and respect in all our prayers. And thirdly, and that's what we want to talk about tonight, is the gratitude that we feel in our hearts. So I'm assessing my my devotion to God by my by my obedience. I'm assessing my devotion to God by how I open my prayer with hallowing his name and expressing to him how wonderful and amazing he is to me. And thirdly, uh, speaking to him of all of the wonderful things that he's already done for us, because uh, these are our highest priorities. And one of the most terrible scriptures, the passage in Romans chapter 1, where God explains how people leave him, how people move from knowing him, and suddenly they don't know him anymore. And so, Brian, would you like to read Romans chapter 1, 21 for us? Here it says, although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So this shows how any one of us who know God can slip away from him. And it doesn't happen overnight. It happens slowly. And there's two things that God mentions here. You can know God, but not glorify him as God. Now, that's why Jesus said, in this manner should you pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And when I say hallowed be your name, or I praise God's name in some way or another, it needs to be sincere and genuine. There needs to be a sense of honor and respect and awe that God is God and that he is amazing. And and so these people weren't doing that anymore. And it's a grave danger sign when my prayers are no longer starting with adoration and appreciation and, and praise. And then the second thing is they weren't thankful. So they didn't glorify him as God. They didn't hallow his name. And secondly, uh, they were not thankful. And with those two foundations no longer being laid, they became futile in their thoughts. We'll see a little bit later when Moses warned Israel that he said, when you become wealthy, you're going to start thinking by my own power, I have become wealthy. You become futile in your thinking. Everything comes from God. Everything is a part of God's plan. God's the one who created the heavens and the earth. He's the one who gives us the ability to have the things that we have. And so if we are not glorifying him, and honoring and praising him, at least in a certain portion of our prayer. And if we are not showing our gratitude and appreciation for him, then that is one of the ways that we can become foolish in our own thinking, and our hearts actually can become darkened. That's how Paul or the Holy Spirit describes it. And this is really very important to us. So it sounds like you're saying that you know, being conscious or monitoring the content and feelings in our prayers helps us to, in essence, become more conscious over our own spiritual health. Yeah, I, I think that's a an excellent point. Uh, when I feel sick, uh, I will often go get a thermometer because I want to see if I'm running a temperature. And if I'm not running a temperature, then I just tell myself, well, I'm not that sick because I'm not running a temperature. And so I, I go to work. But if my if the temperature shows that I'm running a high fever, then I'm going to say there's something really wrong here and I better call in sick today. I better I better rest because if I don't, it's liable to get worse. And so 
many of the commands in Scripture <clears throat> are like that. They express the fact that if we want to be protected from the danger, you remember Paul in in 1 Corinthians 11 talking about the Lord's Supper and saying when you don't take the Lord's Supper, remembering Jesus' uh, body and the things that he did in the body and his blood and the sacrifices that he made for us, you can become spiritually weak, spiritually sick, or even spiritually sleeping, which he is talking about death. So the same thing is true with prayer. When we find that this part of our prayer, the initial beginning portion of our prayer should always begin with our adoration and our praise and the way that we thank God. So those two things are always there. If I'm not praising God as fervently this week as I was last week, and then next week less than this week, then that's a danger sign. That's like running a temperature. And if I don't stop and realize how important that these two things are, then that's going to be a serious problem. I mean, think about it. When else do we have the opportunity to praise and manifest our love and our devotion and our thanksgiving to God, except in our prayers. And I really appreciate something that is said in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11. And uh, Jeff, would you like to read that for us, please? Sure. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. And I think this is fundamental to our understanding. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be one of our technologies that we're enjoying, or it can be uh, our strength, our wisdom, our understanding, our ability to work with things, wh whatever it is, whatever it is that gives us self-esteem and makes us feel important, we need to put it in a perspective, and that is God created all things. Not only did he create the world I live in, but he created my mind, he created my abilities, he created me to be what I am. And it's only by his will that we exist, and we need to be careful, and we need to be praising and thanking and, and showing him how much we appreciate what he's done for us. So, Alan, you kind of introduced this concept of, you know, a danger sign or danger signals, et cetera. Could you expand a little bit more on that, especially for those who you know, want to pray, you know, with the right approach, the kind of things that uh, we should be watching out for? Yeah. Uh, there's a passage in Ecclesiastes that explains to us that what we read about in history can very easily become our own present circumstances. And God wants us to understand that all of the problems that his people, for exactly in Romans chapter 1, where we just read, they knew God. These were people. Uh, we could start with Cain. Cain knew God, but he didn't glorify him as God, and he went out of God's presence, and he never served God again. And we see this with the children of Israel when they come out of uh, out of Egypt, they serve God faithfully for one generation. The next generation, they have turned away from God, and they have done exactly what Paul quoted there. They have stopped glorifying him as God, stopped giving thanks. They became futile in their reasoning. And one of the passages in Ecclesiastes kind of sums this up. Uh, Brian, would you read it for me, please? Ecclesiastes 1, 9 and 10. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. 
Is there anything of which it may be said? See, this is new. It has already been in ancient times before us. This is a perspective that we really can't get, but God can, because God's been watching things from the beginning of the creation up until the time that, he, that Solomon wrote these words, and he has the ability to see into the future, and he knows that there is nothing that you and I are facing today which was not faced by those who live before us. So what has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. And so when we think about this, as we look at God's people, and as I said, you watch the children of Israel throughout the judges, throughout the kings, throughout the, the prophets after they went into captivity and came back out again. You see the same thing over and over again. What starts with faithful service to God quickly leads to idolatry. And you think to yourself, think about Solomon. Solomon built the temple. Solomon was speaking to God in a dream. Solomon was given wisdom. Solomon was a tremendous servant of God. But when he got old, his wives turned away his heart. And you think to yourself, how could that have happened? Well, certainly it didn't happen overnight. So what happened? Well, he spent time around his wives. He stopped thinking about God. He stopped praising God. He stopped thanking God. Gradually, his senseless heart became darkened, and he became futile in his thoughts. And the next thing you know, he's building idols temples in Jerusalem for his wives. And you're your eyes just widen and you think, how could that have happened to Solomon? How could that have happened? Uh, same thing with so many of the servants of God as you read through the Old Testament scriptures and even into the New Testament scriptures. And so prayer is our ability to make that assessment. If I'm not thankful in my prayers, if I'm not showing God my uh, awe and reverence and respect, then that is a danger sign. That is a tremendously powerful problem because that which has been is what will be. If I allow my heart to stop glorifying him as God, stop praising and adoring, stop hallowing his name, if I start finding that in my prayers I'm not spending much time hallowing his name, and seldom am I thanking him for the things that I already have. I'm asking for new things. And when those two things happen, the next thing that could happen could be a real tragedy. Uh, so as we, we start our uh, podcast here about Thanksgiving, I, I'd like for our listeners to carefully consider 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 17 and 18 where the Apostle Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gives us a couple of commands that it's very important for us to be thinking about. And uh, Jeff, would you like to read that for us, please? Sure. Begin with verse 17. Pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So this is God's will. And as Jesus said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the will of God in Christ Jesus for me and for you is, first of all, that we're always praying. And we talked a little bit about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, praying without ceasing doesn't mean never stop praying. It means never stop praying at the times when you should be praying. Uh, you can't pray when you're sleeping, but when you are awake, 
and a temptation comes, you pray, lead me not into temptation. When a problem arises, you pray. Uh, when you have a need, you pray. You pray whenever it's appropriate to pray. You don't let an opportunity pass when you should be praying. But more importantly, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So at the beginning of every prayer, after I finish hallowing his name and showing my appreciation and respect for him, then I should be assessing everything God has already done and then create the gratitude. Gratitude is an, an amazingly wonderful emotion. It, it turns a stranger into a friend. If I'm out doing something and I get into trouble and somebody comes along and helps me out of that trouble, I feel a special bond with them and I feel a special feeling toward them. And if they were to come to, the to me the next day and ask me to do something for them, uh, I wouldn't consider it a burden at all. I would consider it a privilege. And that's the attitude we need to maintain in our relationship with God. So, Alan, can you give our listeners some examples of what you just described? Yeah, I think one of the Psalms uh, expresses, actually a couple of the Psalms. I, I'd kind of like to, to have our listeners hear these Psalms. I think we, we talked a little bit about them a couple of, uh, maybe last time we had a podcast, but uh, Jeff, would you like to read Psalms 103, verses 1 through 5? Okay. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So, as we think about what this psalm is saying, blessing the Lord, O oh my soul. This is not praising the Lord from my lips. This is praising the Lord, as he says, all that is within me. Now, if we don't understand that feeling, we need to really spend a little bit of time thinking about this. Think about a time when uh, you nearly died and or there was a terrible accident and you pleaded with God and God spared you. And for at least a day or two, you felt a tremendous obligation to God. You felt a tremendous sense of relief. You felt that there's nothing that God could ask me to do that would be too much. And but but the problem with that is that doesn't happen every day. And so instead of letting that slip away, God here tells me to give careful thought to, first of all, don't forget any of his benefits. He forgives all of our sins. And that's what gives us a hope of heaven. And sometimes we don't even think about that as one of the greatest blessings that God has given to us. But when we stand before him in judgment, and we hear, well done, good and faithful servant, our gratitude, our relief, our feeling of, of, of love and devotion at that moment, well, it's too late at that moment. We need to get that now. We need to be thinking now. We need to try to put ourselves, as I said a moment ago, our, our history sometimes is our present, and our future sometimes needs to become our present. 
So sometimes I need to push myself into the future and realize that when I'm on my deathbed and I'm so grateful to God because I know I'm going to live on, I know that God is going to spare me and save me. Well, I need to feel that feeling on a daily basis. Heals all your diseases. Again, the same thing. Maybe right now I'm not sick, but if I've ever been sick or I know that I could be sick, then I need to be grateful to God that he can take care of things like that. And he just goes on and on, crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. All the little things that happen during the course of the day where you can see God's love and God's care and God's concern, all the wonderful blessings that we have. And so this is one part of it. And there's another part of it too. Uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead now and read Psalms 100 verses 1 through 5. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. So this is the truth. These are the facts. But as we live our lives, this truth and this fact can sometimes get further and further away from us. And that's what the writer of Romans, the Holy Spirit, when he said that they, first of all, didn't glorify him as God, and secondly, they didn't give thanks anymore. Well, that's impossible if we're thinking like this psalm is describing. But it is very possible because the vast majority of the human race, that's the path they took. The vast majority, when Moses brought the people out of Egypt, they were praising God and thanking God as they went through the Red Sea. They felt like they were so blessed. They'd seen the ten plagues. The Egyptians were destroyed. They were free. And yet, it wasn't but uh, a few months later that they're worshiping a golden calf on Mount Sinai while Moses is up getting the law. And you think, how in the world could they go from seeing God open the Red Sea to bowing down before an idol after they've already told God, we will never do that again? And here's the problem. They have forgotten. And so this psalm, make a joyful shout to the Lord. Now, that should be coming across in our prayers. Uh, we are, at least in our soul, thankful to God we're serving God with gladness. We are knowing that he is God. We are knowing that he made us and that we are not responsible for all of the great things. So many people in America think that uh, we have made ourselves like this. And the reality is that that's not a t true at all. God is the one who has blessed this country and all people in all countries. And so, uh, we need to have thanksgiving, we need to have praise, we need to have thanksgiving, we need to be blessing his name. As I said, this is the norm. This is healthy. This is what Christians should be doing. If, if this is 90% of our prayers, if we spend more time thanking God and praising God and, and hallowing God's name than we do asking for things, I think in the long run, we're going to be a lot better off. And so this is just so very important. Well, and I also think it's you know, important for our listeners to realize that, you know, you're emphasizing these are not just 
the words we speak um, that the point you're you're trying to drive home is there should be an underlying uh, emotion that's driving those words, and both are important to God. In fact, maybe even the emotions are more important to God. Well, if you think about it, what is the definition of hypocrisy? How do I become a hypocrite? And of course, the answer is I say things I don't mean. I express things that I'm feeling that I don't feel. I am manifesting myself to be a devout, godly person when I'm not. Now, the last person who's going to find that out are my friends and neighbors. The first person who can see it in its infancy is God. And so if these are just words and there's no emotion behind them, then we are perilously close to becoming a hypocrite. Now, I want to be careful here because I created a proverb for myself many, many years ago. If you can't feel your way into a better way of acting, sometimes you can act your way into a better way of feeling. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. Most of the time, we want to feel the emotions that would lead us to doing the praying. But sometimes, if the emotions aren't there, we have to say the words to create the emotions. And sometimes you, you don't know which is which. Sometimes I'm saying the, the, the feeling, or excuse me, expressing the words to create the emotion. And other times, the emotions are creating the words. Now, if I'm in a, in a lull, if I'm in a down situation where maybe I'm, I'm feeling jaded or I'm feeling down or blue and, and I don't really have these feelings of love and devotion and I'm not really grateful for very much right now because I don't feel like there's anything to be grateful for. And at that point, I can still pray these words realizing that as I'm praying the words, the emotions are going to come. But what the danger I'm speaking of is when you have reached a point where the words are not being spoken and the emotions aren't there anymore at all. Uh, Moses kind of dealt with this. I have a passage in Deuteronomy that uh, I'd like to have read. It's uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, uh, verses 10 through 13, and then verse 18. When you have eaten and are full, then... You shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. So once again here, we see the danger signs. The very moment I get a good harvest, and instead of thinking, God, thank you, you did this for me. I am so grateful. But if we start thinking like these people, the Jews did, that by my own power and by my own might, I have gained me this wealth. And that's a half-truth. I mean, let's face it, the work that I have to do in order to get a harvest has to be done. And if I work hard and I put forth my power and my effort, but then God takes over. 
God has to bring the rains. God has to keep the pests away. God has to do his part. He has to send the sun. He has to give the power to the seed. And all of these things are just as much a part of what I've gained. But but the main point is, once again, that we have these danger signs. When the words coming out of my mouth are no longer reflecting the emotions that are in my heart, I'm one step away from here. I'm one step away from forgetting God entirely. When I stop glorifying Him as God, when I stop giving Him total and complete thanksgiving, recognizing that, as it's stated in another uh, place in uh, the book of Acts, in Him we live and move and have our being. Everything flows from God. And so I have to monitor this part of me. And that's why we're starting this series of lessons. And I realize we've gone a long time with foundational principles, but these are so important. If I'm not seeing hallowing God's name in my prayers, if I'm not seeing the great sense of thanksgiving and appreciation for everything that he's done for me, then I'm right on the verge of danger. And I need to see that. I need to be aware of that. In other words, I need to be monitoring my prayers, just like I monitor what I'm thinking during the Lord's Supper. When I take the Lord's Supper, Paul says, examine yourselves. Make sure you're doing it in a worthy manner. Jesus said, when you eat this bread, remember my body, remember me. When you drink this fruit of the vine, it is my blood of the new covenant, which was shed for many for the remission of sins. This do as often in remembrance of me. So every time I take the Lord's Supper, I'm watching this. And every time I pray, I'm watching and and aware of hallowing God's name and being thankful to him. And if those aren't there, then uh, that prayer is losing its power. And that prayer is also revealing to me that I might be in danger. So think about how important this is. If we're going to get to heaven, it's because we stayed faithful to God until the point of our death. We served him, we loved him, we trusted him, we felt a sense of gratitude and appreciation for him. These are the dynamics. Uh, These are the motivations. Without these, uh, we just go through the motions. Without these, Uh, There's just words. So what we consider a blessing today might be something we take for granted tomorrow. And so I watch today for the gratitude. And if I don't see it, then I start looking inwardly because I've just manifested a character flaw that is deadly. And so where do I find this? Well, About the only place you find it is in your prayers. Now, whether those prayers are private in your own home or whether those prayers are in the the time of worship on the first day of the week, uh, the bottom line is, is that I need to be watching and assessing my emotions, assessing my attitudes and feelings. I can see it in the way I praise his name and hallow his name and glorify him, and I can see it and my gratitude and appreciation of the things that I thank him for. So, Alan, can you give our listeners a few passages that would express what God sees as the normal way we should give thanks to him? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question and a good point. What is normal? Uh, 
when when we live our lives we have a sense of what is normal but our sense of normal is based on what five years ten years twenty years thirty years of our life and we consider that to be what is normal but in the scriptures God reveals the true normal and one of the Psalms gives us a great example of what God wants his saints to be doing and considers it to be normal so uh, Jeff, would you like to read 145, Psalms 145, verses 1 through 6? Sure. I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. So here's what is would be normal. Here is how we should respond. As uh, the one of the Psalms, I think it's Psalms 19, where it talks about looking at the heavens, when I see your heavens, and what is man that you are mindful of him, back in chapter 8. And uh, as we consider the amazing nature of this creation, uh, the beauty, the magnificence, the variety, the, the amazing acts of power uh, in a storm or in the crashing surf against the, the sands of the oceans and the uh, power of uh, the snow-capped mountains and, and all the beauty that is stored up there, and so as we look at these things, it should create emotion. It's just going through life with your eyes open. When you see a beautiful thing, you, you take it the next step. You apply it to God. You apply it to your gratitude. Thank you, God, for letting me see this. Thank you, God, for creating this. Thank you for being so wise and so amazing and so generous and so loving. I will extol you. Uh, I will bless your name forever and ever. That's normal. That's what normal would be. Every day I will bless you. I will praise your name forever and ever. So you see that this is possible. But for us, it takes effort. As I said, every once in a while, something happens in our lives, and it just comes naturally. We're just so appreciative. Uh, Maybe the doctors have come in and told me, get set your life in order because it looks like you're going to die. And we beg and we pray and we thank God and we ask him for, uh, for mercy. And then the doctor comes back in and says, well, you're healed. We don't know why. Well, for the next week or two, I'm going to be walking on the clouds and I'm going to be thanking and praising God. But as I say, you can't hold on to that feeling forever. So you have to find ways to keep it going. And we're not manufacturing it. It's there. It's just watching. Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. And so one generation praises your works to another. Well, that's what we find in the scriptures. That's what we've been reading about for the last uh, period of time is all of the things that the previous generation has praised God for. <clears throat> and now I'm here. And I have to go back sometimes and look at those things that they've praised him for 
and look at those things that he's done. For example, the ten plagues. I mean, just think about the amazing power that God exerted in those ten plagues. And when's the last time we thanked him and praised him and adored him and manifested the the desire? Because he did that for our people. He did that to bring about our salvation. He brought Israel out of Egypt so that they could become his chosen people so he could bring Jesus Christ. And so all of those things are there to create emotion, not manufactured emotion, real emotion. Now, I may have to work a little harder to get it than I do if it's just something that comes naturally, but that's not the point. The point is God has commanded me to pray without ceasing and to always give thanks. Now, there's another verse I'd like for us to be thinking about, and that's Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20. So uh, if that could be read giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see two things there, giving thanks always and giving thanks for all things and putting them both together, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there it is all summed up in a nutshell. When you and I are acting normally, then we are thanking God always. We're always grateful. We always have a sense of the amazing nature of what God has done for us, how loving and kind and merciful and forgiving, how generous and how powerful and how amazing. And, and if we can't generate that by what we see in our own life, then we come to the scriptures and we allow it to be generated in what we see in their lives. So we go back through the scriptures and we find events and circumstances that create that sense of gratitude. Gratitude is a critical emotion. With gratitude, uh, every act of service is an honor for me because he did so much for me. I'm just barely doing anything compared to what has been done for me. I think about Jesus' death on the cross, and then I think to myself, how could you grumble? How could you be unhappy with anything he commands you to do when look what he's already done? And I'm so grateful to him for what he has done. So I'm giving thanks for that, and I'm giving thanks for my food, and I'm giving thanks for my family, and giving thanks for my health, and giving thanks for, and I could just go on and on and on, because I'm thanking God always for all things to the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So a few moments ago, and, and just now, you started giving our listeners, you know, some actual, you know, practical examples. Could you kind of continue on down that path a little bit more and give our listeners even some more additional practical examples? Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that would be a good next step. Um, let, let's just think about it for a minute. I get up in the morning and the sun is coming up and it's beautiful oftentimes the clouds create color and texture and it's just absolutely amazing now i can waste that moment i can look at it and just say to myself huh that's pretty or i can take a moment and think to myself god is the architect here god's the one who did that he's the artist he's the one who created that sunrise and then as I'm going out of my home and I'm looking at different things that are going on, and maybe I see a beautiful flower or maybe I see a young child or my own child, 
And once again, I have this opportunity to be thankful because that was a gift. Everything is a gift. Uh, those of our listeners who live near the ocean or who live near the mountains or who live in the, the areas where there are beautiful flowers or uh, there are, there's always something, no matter where we live, there's always something beautiful and amazing that we can look at. And we don't just enjoy the moment, we share the moment. Share that moment with God. And everything that happens in my life, every time any single good thing happens in my life, as I'm enjoying my food, as I watch my children or my grandchildren grow, as I enjoy the peace and prosperity, uh, as I grow to appreciate everything that God has. And then I start looking at all of his promises of what it's going to be like when we get to heaven and what it's going to be like to have eternal life. And then I start thinking about all the abilities God gave me and all the gifts that I have and, and all the gifts that you have and all the gifts that our friends and neighbors have. And so if we don't praise and thank, then we're cheating God out of our gratitude. And that's why he did all of this. God only wants us to be grateful to him. He doesn't demand anything more than that. He just wants us to be thankful. And again, it isn't really just for him. It's for us. Gratitude is an uplifted, uplifting emotion. It is something that, that we should desire and something we should enjoy and something we should seek for and, and look for is these moments where we can accept the wonderful things that God has done for us and just how dependent we are for God for everything. And it's just like our own little children. When our children are first growing up, we're foolish indeed if we don't start training them to be grateful and thankful, to appreciate what God has done for us. If we're not training our children to say thank you, we could be setting them up for a lifetime of selfishness. So we need to see God as our loving Father, and we need to see every event that occurs in our life. Every single one of them needs to be looked at as an opportunity, first of all, to hallow his name, to praise him, to thank him for his power, his majesty, his wisdom, his ability to create these things and think these things up. Sometimes I just, I get up in the morning and I look at the different trees, and I think to myself, God just thought this up. He thought it all up. He thought up all the terrain. He thought up all the animals, all the fish. He thought up all the birds. He thought up weather and all the various elements of chemistry and physics. I mean, God just thought this all up. And then after he thought it all up, he spoke it into existence. And in a six-day period, it all came to be. And my heart lifts up with a sense of amazement, a sense of, my God, how great thou art, how great you are, how majestic you are. And, and then we start adding up all of the things that we have, the air that we breathe, the water that we drink, the food that we eat, the, the heart that keeps beating within us, the life that we have, the body that we have, the family, the joys, the, the expectations. I know I'm going on and on here because each of our listeners is living a different life. And 
Some of us can relate to some of these things and some of us can't. But regardless of how difficult our life is, there's always something to be thankful to God for. And sometimes maybe the only thing we have to be thankful to God for as our life draws to a close and the dark days are coming, then we start being thankful to God for these wonderful and amazing promises of what's just over the horizon, what's just beyond my last breath. Maybe I'm hurting and I'm in agony. Maybe I'm starving in poverty and difficulty. And yet there are still things to be grateful to God. If we become bitter... When our life turns sour, instead of still finding reasons to be thankful, then once again we come back to Romans chapter 1 and we get perilously close to that. When we stop glorifying Him as God and we stop giving Him thanks, even if it's because in our anguish and our bitterness there's just nothing in our minds at that moment that we could even think of to thank Him for, we still need to understand something that we need to be grateful to God for what we have and, more importantly, for what we will have. So let's, uh, let's look at a passage in uh, Luke chapter 17 and uh, verses 15 through 18. Uh, if uh, I think it's Jeff, I think you're up. But... Yeah, I think so. Luke 17. Then, as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And one of them... When he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Are there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Oh, here we see it again. I mean, we've seen it and seen it and seen it. Uh... They glorified and they gave thanks, but only one of them did. And the other nine, Jesus is, I'm sure, shaking his head. I'm sure at least within his heart, he's disappointed. Isn't there anyone to glorify God? They didn't deserve this. They didn't earn it. They didn't, uh, they didn't expect it. But the, uh, the Lord gave them the ability to become healed, but only one of them glorified God and gave thanks. That, once again, is a wake-up call, a wake-up call to all of us, because the food that we had, uh, the wonderful blessings that we have in our marriage, in our family, in our, in our uh, local church, with all of the blessings of being a Christian, to worship with Him, and to grow and develop ourselves, to conquer our weaknesses, and to be forgiven for them. And uh, if we're not grateful, if we're not glorifying God and being thankful, then I think that the Lord is going to see us very much the same way that Jesus did here. Why isn't my servant thanking me? Yes, he's got some difficult situations right now, and life is tough for him, but doesn't he realize that he still has? And of course, the Lord could list off all the things that we still have. And maybe these are things that we long ago took for granted and just felt like, well, this is, this is just normal. I shouldn't be thankful to God for these. Uh, this, is, this is something that I've already accepted as being part of me. Well, that's what he told the Jews. When you get wealthy and you get prosperous and you think in your mind, I did this by my own, and even the air that I breathe and the water that I drink and the food that I eat and my beating heart 
are still gifts from God. And even if that's all I have left, I can still praise Him and thank Him and glorify Him. And I need to watch this because if I become bitter, if I become self-centered, if I become self-satisfied, if I become an individual who is uh, completely wrapped up in myself, if I'm no longer giving God thanks, I'm no longer giving God the glory, uh, watch out because the next step is your foolish heart will become darkened and you will forget God. And that would be the biggest tragedy for those of us who know God and love God and are devoted to God. Can you imagine standing before God on the judgment and realizing I had it? I had it, but I let it slip away. And so how do I keep that from happening? I don't want to be in that position. Well, there's one way. Start every prayer hallowing his name. Continue in that prayer being thankful. And in that way, you will keep your heart soft, pliable, devoted, and loving and grateful for what God has done. A couple more verses, and then we'll uh, uh, be finished with this podcast. Uh, Brian, would you like to read Hebrews 13, verse 15, please? Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Now, here's an element of giving thanks that we really haven't spent a lot of time in, and that is the reception of giving thanks. I don't know about you, but I enjoy it when I do something nice for someone and they offer thanks to me and they're appreciating it and they're showing me how much they uh, are glad that it happened. And But the person I do these things for who takes it all for granted and walks away without even being thankful, uh, that, that's a whole different emotion. So, uh, you know, this is an odd way of looking at it, but let me put it like this. Put yourself in God's shoes for a moment. Think about it from God's perspective. I did all of these things for this person, and what's he giving me in return? Well, what do we give him? Well, we can't do anything else for him. We can't really, as, as the uh, Isaiah 66 puts it, heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool, and I made all these things. So what can you do for me? Well, there's one thing we can do. We can offer the sacrifice of praise to God. And then he explains exactly what it means to give thanks to his name. So everything we've talked about in this lesson, it's just essentially, again, I, I mentioned earlier, it's one of the three basic foundation pillars, foundation stones that are going to keep our lives faithful, devoted, and respecting God. The first, I'm always listening to God. I don't just start talking to God. I'm first, I'm listening and I'm trying to hear everything that he says to me in his commandments. Second, I'm always glorifying and praising and adoring him. And third, I'm always being thankful. I'm always grateful and thankful to him. Let's uh, let's conclude with uh, Colossians chapter 3, uh, verses uh, 15 and then verse 17. Uh, Jeff? Okay, sure. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So if God says something once, that's enough. If he says it two or three times, then that means it's a mandate. If he says it five or six or ten times, 
then what do we say about that? God has given passage after passage after passage. Here's what happens if you're not thankful. Here's what happens if you don't hallow my name. Then he turns it around. This is a command. You need to be doing this. And again, he's not asking us to be thankful to him just because he wants us to be thankful to him. He's asking us to be thankful for him, to him, because he knows our eternal salvation is going to be based on it. And keeping this one command to be thankful to uh, let the peace of God rule in my hearts and be thankful. And whatever I do, to be thankful, to give thanks to God the Father through him. So whenever I offer a prayer to God, I have an opportunity to determine how thankful I am. Because let's face it, you can't thank God except by prayer. You can't thank God except by talking to God in prayer. And if I pray to God five times in a day, but I only thank him in one of them, if I, if I talk to God ten times in a day, but I only thank him in one or two of them, and I only hallow his name in one or two of them, I'm missing, missing something crucially important. I need to be hallowing his name in every prayer. I need to be, thank, be thankful to him in every prayer, even if it's a quick prayer in which we're just asking God for something quickly. The emotions of gratitude and awe and reverence, and sometimes they don't even have to be verbalized, but they do need to be there, because without those, we are one heartbeat away from doing what Solomon did, or doing what all of those people in Romans chapter 1 did, and that is this. They knew God. They didn't glorify him as God. They weren't thankful. Their foolish heart became darkened, and they began to worship the creature instead of the creator. It's happened over and over and over again. Don't let the history of other people become your present or your future. Never forget, we have to watch this thanksgiving and this glorification of God. Yeah, I appreciate that emphasis, Alan, that we are really first and foremost to be thankful. We have so much to be thankful for. And as you covered in the last few episodes, you know, some people approach prayer where it's all about asking what God can give me, you know, and, and Jeff, you've talked in previous podcasts about, you know, people treating God like a credit card, you know, where, hey, I'm just going to go and ask and what will he shower me with? And so uh, this is important to emphasize Thanksgiving. And, you know, one other passage uh, that I'll kind of wrap up my final thoughts are is in Philippians chapter four, where it talks about in verse six, being anxious for nothing. You know, even when we have anxiety and worry, trepidation, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then as you pointed out just now, and about peace, verse seven says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So no doubt, even when we are anxious, uh, we still approach God with, with thanksgiving because it's through this special relationship that we have that gives us this peace. And so therefore, we have every reason to be thankful to him for uh, allowing us to approach him in prayer. Yeah, that was very well said, Brian. And I, I sure hope that our, our listeners are very careful about this because we just can't overemphasize enough how critical these things are to our eternal salvation and to our service to God in our everyday life. Jeff, I'll uh, turn it over to you for any final thoughts and to close out this episode. All right. Sounds good. 
So as we like to do at the end of every podcast, uh, I'd like to give our listeners some additional resources for their ongoing uh, reading and studying at our website, biblequestions.org. Uh, some of the topics that were related to today's uh, subject uh, under the topics menu item. Uh, let me just kind of give you a sampling. C for Christian evidences uh, and how God has revealed himself through his creation, uh, as Alan was referring to earlier, beautiful sunrise, sunsets, you know, even storms and lightning and, and the, you know, the awesome power of nature, which is just a, a small uh, token of the power of the creator behind it. Uh, G for grace, in terms of the some of the blessings that God has given to us. Um, of course, there's a general category of P for prayer. Uh, also under topics, perhaps uh, S for selfishness, something that we should be very careful about falling into. And as Brian was referring to earlier, you know, it's, it's not all about us. It's not all about, you know, gimme, 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 uh, as we've mentioned before. And then finally, sort of the the main area on our website where Alan goes through a lot of this material in in great depth under the lessons menu item, uh, specifically underneath that area, Christian living, and then underneath that prayer for the uh, an extensive uh, multi-part series uh, on this very valuable subject, which once again, we would definitely encourage our listeners to pay close attention to, do some reading, do some studying, and then try to make proper application into their lives and listening to God and talking to God. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Bible Questions podcast. We invite you to visit our website, biblequestions.org, where you can submit a Bible question to be answered. And you can also search archives where we have answered several hundred Bible questions over the years. Our website also has a host of free Bible study material, free correspondence courses, as well as sermons and a host of other material. Please stop by and check it out.